0: Welcome to the Questions of Life podcast. I'm Kath. I'm here with Deb. Hi. Donald. Hello. And some wonderful people live here in the church. Yay! Love it. In our discussions today, we are looking at why and how we should care for our world. Enjoy our discussions. I want to just read a few statistics uh, about some of the things that are going on in our world. So global CO2 emissions in 2020, so across the whole world, thirty four. billion metric tons. The biggest contributor to that in the world, which country do you think that has been? And this is since 1750. So who, which country do you think is the biggest contributor to CO2 emissions in our world? What are we going for? Been around for a long time? There's a clue in that. See, I would go for the States, but then... That would be a really good guess, Deb. That is the correct answer. It is the United States. (laughs) Now, the UK has emitted more than 74 billion metric tonnes since 1750, which roughly represents 5% of the total CO2 emissions ever produced. So you look at that and you think we're not doing too badly. That's okay. But But we're tiny. (laughs) But we are tiny, but that is a heck of a lot of CO2 emissions. Road pollution affects 94% of Great Britain. So most of Great Britain is affected by the pollution of our cars and vehicles on the road. The recycling rate of plastic packaging waste in the UK is currently at 42.3%. So that's not great. We've still got nearly 60% of stuff that we're not recycling. Not ideal. UK households waste 4.5 tonnes of food each year that could have been eaten. Now, that's not my household looking at me. I eat all the food (laughs) in my house, Mm -hmm. rest assured. But we do waste a lot of food in the UK. If the citizens of the world lived like those of the United States, the resources of five full planets would be needed to satisfy the global need for resources every year. That is huge. So, what about the UK? So, if it's five for the United States, how many planet's resources do you think the UK would need? What are you going for, Donald? Are you looking at me like I'm...
1: So, if everybody lived like the UK? Yep. Two.
2: You're going for two? Deb, what are you going for? Should probably be able to work it out from those numbers, but I can't remember them. (laughs) I'm going to go with three, just to be different. It is 2.6, so Deb wins, because she's slightly closer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She's slightly closer. Final statistic. 76% of UK residents feel not enough is being done at plastic pollution. So there seems in our country, it's bringing me on to my first question to get you thinking about this, it seems in our country that this whole area of creation is very, very much at the forefront of some people's thinking. So you have a group of people that I think are very outspoken, that are very much, I'm doing my bit, this is what I'm up to. You've got a group of people, I think, that think... Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. But then you've got another group of people that actually don't care and are just carrying on with life. So as we look at this whole area of caring for creation, my first question is really simple, why? Why should we care for creation? Why does it matter? We're not going to be here in 50, well, 20, 30 years' time. Why, Why does it matter how we treat our world? What would be your answers to that?
1: Who's going first?
0: I don't mind. You can find amongst to yourselves. Should I kick off on that?
1: Okay. So I think that it's very, very clear that we believe that God made the world. Mm-hmm. If we look at the, the account of that in Genesis 1, 2, and 3, when God made the world, it was good. And it, it, the, the creation reflects God's character, his majesty, his power, his glory. It glorifies him. So creation is really, really important in the Christian faith to understand that it's not accidental, it's not random, it's a beautifully created thing. The second thing that Genesis tells us is that mankind was given a responsibility. And uh, it's described in two different ways. In Genesis 1, the description and the, the command is to rule the planet. And that's where things have got a bit confusing in people's understanding of that word Rule. The description, the command in Genesis two, which actually is the same thing but is a different word, which is to take care of the planet. They were commanded to take care of the planet, and actually, that is what rule means. That God, we believe that God is rules the world. We believe that He is King, and He's in what that means is that He wants to bring about care and justice for everyone. So, when God asks mankind to rule over something, what He means is. I want you to ensure that there is justice and there is care and that people are blessed. So, God gave this planet to humanity to look after for the benefit of all humanity and to glorify God so that people can see creation. Therefore, it's not ours to destroy, it's not ours to carve up and only use for a wealthy minority. Our instruction was to look after it for the benefit of all mankind. So it's the very first thing that mankind is asked to do. It's an absolute priority, in my view, that we need to look after this planet in God's name, that his creation still is able to point people to
0: God. Debbie, have you got anything to add to that?
2: Um, I think one thing that is at the bottom of a lot of how we've destroyed it and stuff is that we forget, so we believe that the world is God's, so it's not actually ours, which is behind this thing of caring for it. And when you look after something, or when someone gives you something... I've left my kids with my brother looking after them. Mm -hmm. If he said, well, I'll look after them how I like. I mean, if he looked after my kids how we look after God's world, I'd have something to say about it. And it's just... it's. You know, For some reason, we take that out of context. And I think it is the word rule. Um, Sometimes dominion is used. But actually, when we look at Jesus and the way that he came and showed us how he rules, it was servant. And Mm -hmm. are we serving or are we taking what we can for ourselves? Because it's not for us, it's God's. Mm. Um, And the other thing of why, for me, a, a big reason is that when we read the Bible, we see that God has... A bias to the poor and he wants us to care for the poor and the way that we are destroying the earth uh, unfortunately has um the repercussions mm-hmm. are way bigger for the poorest mm-hmm. in the earth and so actually we're not caring for the mm-hmm. poor when we're not caring for the earth because actually we're all interlinked mm-hmm. when we treat the earth badly There are repercussions Mm. um, in all... I mean, we see it all over the world. Mm. And unfortunately, a lot of the time, that affects the poorest.
0: Do you think people recognise that? So, I mean, you're well-read on all of this, but do you think your average person uh, recognises that what they do and what we all do, it may not affect them? They can't see the outworking of it. Do you think they recognise, actually, this has global implications and affects directly the poor?
2: I think a lot of people know it in theory, but they think it's too big a thing. How can I affect? Mm -hmm. How can I make any change in that? I think there's a lot of debate over um, climate change. Is it real? Is it actually a thing? But even if you totally take that out of the picture, if you look at the pollution Mm -hmm. that, say, um, fashion stuff causes to water in the -hmm. poorest places, the water that they drink, that they use for washing Mm -hmm. things. um, If you look at Soil degradation where they're farming and they depend on that food to eat mm. and they can't because of the way that things have been treated. Um, there's all kinds of material ways mm. where actually it's, it's just, I mean, you don't have to scratch very deep mm. to see the effects mm. of what we're doing, um, regardless of whether climate change is real or mm. not. Absolutely. And I think both
0: of you, you make a compelling argument for why it is really, really important. And I suppose one of my reflections has been in preparing for this is that there are some Christian voices out there that are standing up for this and are trying to lead the way. But in many ways, for me, I I look back maybe over the past 10 years, and I don't think the church as a whole, I'm not saying our church, has been that outspoken on this issue. Do you think in 30, 40 years' time, generations are going to look back at our generation and your generation and ask some severe questions? You knew about this. Why didn't you do more? Why didn't you stand up more for it? Do you think that's fair?
1: I think when I first went to Christian leadership, I was saying exactly that. Because I, I often feel every generation has a blind spot. Mm-hmm. And I think that 20 years ago, it was a huge blind spot in the whole of culture. And, and the church was not, just reflected the culture. And I was saying that. And I I look back over things that I've done, and I realise that I I think that people are listening to Christians now when they didn't listen to us before. So part of it is that, certainly in my own life, I can look back, you know, we could put solar panels up more than 10 years ago. Uh, We've done lots of different things. And I don't think people necessarily noticed or heard that, but I think now they are, and that's good. I don't think the world has looked to the church and asked this question. I think I know the Archbishop of Canterbury and people like that have talked about this for quite a long time, and I don't think the media picks that up. So I certainly think that the whole of culture has been blind, and I think that's probably been reflected in the church. I don't, but I do think Christians have been slightly ahead of the curve—not much, but slightly. But I don't think that's popular in the media, so I don't think that's reflected. But that would be my... Persp- but I could be defensive and biased, but I know my own thing, and I've been talking about this in this church for many years, but it's only in the last few years when I think people have listened or heard it to some extent.
0: You came up with a, a wonderful fact, didn't you, that we run a holiday club here for, for children and young people every year. Tell us, tell us what was going on in 2003, was it? So
1: 2003, we did the whole, the whole thing was around recycling, and because I've always believed recycling was really, really mm. important. And... The wastage that humanity has been a big thing for me for years. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, 2003, we did a whole thing and we got kids bringing stuff in every day. We, we, that was when we went and got permanent recycling paper bins. We tried to have a bottle bank here, which we did for a little bit. We tried to do all kinds of things at that point.
0: So you were a forerunner, weren't you? You were before I don't your think, time. I, I
1: don't think I was a forerunner because I don't think I knew, like now, I don't think I know enough. Mm. I think that if you, for me, if you read Genesis, mm. you have left but no alternative to, to say my job is to care for this planet. I can't see any other way of reading that, that passage. And, and wastage and pollution has been a serious issue for me for many, many years.
0: I suppose it's a juggling act as well for christians isn't it you know you can read the bible and be challenged on every page over every issue yeah and it's trying to work out i'm going to come on to the practicalities of this you know what can i do in a sustained manner as part of my rhythm as part of my lifestyle that i can maintain and keep on going because the Bible is full of challenges about everything whether that's sharing your faith whether that is caring for creation whether that's forgiveness whether that is standing up for the rights of the poor and the oppressed it's all there so how do you begin to to feed this into an already very busy and cluttered life of someone that looks at it and thinks oh my life this is a global problem where do I begin and you, you came up with something that I'd never heard of uh, and what's it called? um It is eco-anxiety. Explain what eco-anxiety is, because there's a few people out there that experience uh, experience this, and maybe some relate to it.
2: Yeah, it's a growing thing where people who are aware of these problems and who they look into it, and it just, it paralyzes them. It gives them anxiety. So where you might have health anxiety, instead of that, it's eco-anxiety. So they just feel like it's too big, I don't know what to do. Um, and it's overwhelming me. The world is gonna, I don't know, you know, burn up in flames, and I'm panicking here. Mm. Um, and it is a growing problem where it kind of paralyzes people rather than encouraging people to mm. be proactive mm. in it.
0: I do think sometimes um, as I'm recycling things, I do wonder what's gonna happen to this, and is it really gonna make a difference? Mm that that often goes through my head because sometimes I love our dustman but sometimes it all goes into the same thing and they don't have the resources just because of lack of um, workers and everything else I'm not blaming them but you do wonder what what difference can I make people do ask that
2: question you know really is it going to change the world I think if everyone thought that there wouldn't be 40 something whatever you said percent recycled um so I do think it's a cumulative thing and I I think um you know God gives us whatever it is that we've got whether it's a house and a garden with the shopping that we get and the food that we eat and he gives us those things and he says use this and care for this um in the best way that you can what's the best you can do to care for this well Mm -hmm. and I think if we think of it as you know everything I have is God's how can I best use this and care for it then we would recycle everything you know regardless of you know these are the things he has given me if we see everything as gifts these are the things he's given me what's the best i can do with it
0: um that's very counter-cultural is isn't it we we live in a society where this is mine do you know what i mean i'm going to have more i'm going to have more i'm going to have more And, and do you think there's a need sometimes for those of us that are christians to be praying god would you give me the right heart God, would you help me with this? Because I am materialistic. I do have all these things. This is my empire. This is mine. And it's very easy to do that, isn't it? You, you put your trust in yourself and what you have. And do we need help with getting to that point of a softness, a broken heart for the world and for the environment and for what's going on?
2: Yeah, I think there's people that aren't Christians that do have a broken heart yes. for this. So I don't think it's that that can't happen. I do think it's countercultural that the motivation behind it isn't me Mm. it's not me it's not even I mean it is but it's not even just you know my kids and the world Mm -hmm. that they'll have it's far bigger than that because it's serving because that's what Jesus asked us to do is to serve um but I also think there is even if you you don't believe in God there's a pride that you can have in using things well in caring Mm -hmm. for things well in um and you know if if you feel the things that you have have no worth that's going to have an impact on on you and your Mm -hmm. self-esteem and everything. And actually looking at things as this is something, you know, it's a gift. It's wonderful. God's given me Mm -hmm. this, I don't know, tin of tomatoes. Mm -hmm. I can use this and recycle this. You know, that's a tiny Mm -hmm. example. I can be thankful for it. I can eat it in a Mm -hmm. healthy way. You know, Mm -hmm. it it covers so many different topics. And I think when, when you say, you know, bringing this into a busy life, for me, what's made a difference is that it's its not... I'm not doing... Looking after the world isn't my one thing. It's interweaved into mm. everything. And that's mm. what makes a difference. So slowly, over time, building things in, looking at things, and, and suddenly clicking things. So sometimes, you know, it's something I've n- not thought of. Mm. And suddenly it... Spark- because it's just... It's almost like a lens of how you mm. look at things. Mm. And so it slowly changes, it's all interweaved, it's not something you add on, it's a different way of viewing it, and mm. for me, and anyway. yeah. Mm.
1: And I think, talking about making a difference, I think there are three things, and I don't think you can underestimate how powerful they are. So firstly, if you, if you simply live a lifestyle that for you is, is not wasting and not polluting and not damaging, that's, that's a thing, and, and that may feel very insignificant, and, and itself, in itself, and its isolation, it's, it's less significant. But the, the, the second thing is, that if that lifestyle is noticed by the half dozen, dozen, two dozen people that you live around and who know you, and they begin to think, oh yeah, maybe I don't need to buy that thing with that packaging. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can walk to work. Maybe I mm-hmm. can make jeans last longer. You, you slightly influence 10, 15 people. That's all you need to do, because the the most significant thing that changes is is popular opinion. And over the years, there's no doubt that governments are changed by popular opinion because mm-hmm. they want to get elected, and yeah. so are big businesses. They don't want yeah. to lose custom. So when it becomes the general opinion that whatever the change needs to be, whether it's um, plastic cups, whether it's, whatever that thing is, it does change Mm. and you can change, we can change government policies and if, and I think we've seen that, we've seen that over the last five years and I think we can continue to see that and the way we vote and the way we tell politicians what are the issues that matter to us Mm. is really important and we talked about this before and the whole thing, because it is linked with, with the poor. But this whole thing that we talked about before, about standing up and saying, I don't want lower taxes. I want fair government. Mm. And, and, the, and if, we, if we try and influence and vote for what is best for everybody mm. instead of what is just best mm-hmm. for me, then we, we really do change the world. And I really do believe that change can happen. At the same time, and we talked about this Deb and I, earlier. The world is decaying, and Mm. Jesus will return, and he Mm. will restore it. We're not saying we can make it perfect, but we can do what God asked us to do.
0: YouGov did a poll uh, in March of this year, and they said, uh, which policies to combat climate change have public backing? So the most uh, supported one uh, with uh, 56% of people was making air travellers pay more in taxes the further they fly. So again, it's trying to hit people's wallets. And then the next one was 51%, banning the sale of new petrol and diesel cars from 2030. Uh, The next was 41% of people said banning gas power stations. Um, And it goes on like that, but it's interesting what people, this is uh, the government have taken hold of this and are reflecting on it and will look at their policies in this whole area going forward, which is what they've said. Um, But interesting the the advice that people are speaking into the government and they are listening. Mm -hmm. So the last few years they've had uh, I think it's seven things that the government said they were going to do. They've nearly met all of them. Not quite. Um, So they are listening. I think they're recognising this is a big issue that gets votes, which is a really good thing. I mean, and they I don't recognise that on someone's wallpaper and what they paid for uh, something to be refurbished. But this, sorry, being political, uh, this does seem to be something that's on their agenda.
1: I think so. I remember when I first started being interested in this, I remember government saying wind power is, a, is, is, is pointless. Mm. It will not make any difference. Mm. And uh, that uh, we will have to use coal and gas for the foreseeable future. Now, in, within 20 years, that policy's changed. And that's public opinion, plus science, plus all kinds of other factors, but it does change.
0: I think it changes across the board, doesn't it? Your big multinational companies, down to uh, PG Tips. So there were complaints about their tea bags that they weren't biodegradable and there was bits of plastic in them, and so now all of their tea bags are biodegradable. You just think, even a tea bag, they have thought about. They have heard the public mm-hmm. clamour for it, and they have changed it to be biodegradable. So it is possible, and people do listen. So, one of the things that we need to do is to speak out, and we'll maybe come back to that towards the end. But, Deb, kick us off with what are some of the practical things? You talked about seeing life through a a kind of like a different lens and just uh, interweaving things into
2: into life. Begin to talk about what that might look like. How might we do it practically? I'm in no way perfect, so don't um, put me on a pedestal <laughs> of any sort. Um, but just going on the tea bag thing, one thing, um, I watched a documentary, it's linked into to this, I watched a documentary called Kiss the Ground, which I'd really recommend. It's not that long, it's on Netflix, or it's something like 78 pence on Vimeo, if you don't have Netflix, um, all about the importance of the soil. So if you go for the tea bags, composting, if you can look... Um, at composting it's such um, a good thing to look into but basically the power of earth and how actually it's a really hopeful thing as well so when you look at think about eco-anxiety this kiss the ground it's actually quite a hopeful documentary um, and it's looking at how the earth is actually the best technology we've got for reversing um, some of the damage that we've caused because actually carbon gets um basically trapped in the earth and that's a good way of storing it um and it's all about um investing in good soil and making good soil and how we can do that and how people are doing that and the kind of food we eat and all that kind of thing it looks at all sorts of stuff it's really well done documentary um, so, composting, really good. Um, re- it visibly reduces waste. And what I didn't is think. What's
0: composting to someone that's unsure as to what you're talking any, about? So, um, any. So,
2: tea bags, for example, yep. um, but like vegetable cuttings or um, bits of waste. There are things you shouldn't put in it, and there's debate over that, and you can get more complicated, but actually, I think well, if you, just put you it in do, it's better. So, we put it in like a little bucket in our kitchen with a lid, um, and then. We we have a thing called a wormery, so it's basically, it's a recycled, upcycled tub that is stuck into the ground and it's bottomless. Um, so we put stuff in, and it kind of worms eat it and do. So, I don't know exactly the science behind it, and you turn it. it every now and then. I mean, in the middle of summer, so we stopped for a bit because we had a problem with flies at one point. <laughs> <laughs> it all got very hot, um, but uh, but you turn it and stuff. But Sam Sam was saying our stuff from last year has turned into great soil, really good um, earth. I don't um, know whether it's
1: true now, but we got ours about 10 years ago. It was free from Birmingham City Council. You just ask for one, and they were giving everyone a free composter. Mm.
2: And, some, and that's another place where you want to affect public... So I would love it, because, like, my sister lives in Manchester in a flat. So she doesn't have a, a garden or anything. But they have a little tub, and they put their compost, and that's a separate... So like we have the recycling mm-hmm. um, paper, plastic, and normal rubbish, they also have a compost one, and some... Councils have that, and we don't have that, and that would be a really good Gosh. way of reducing the amount that we're incinerating. Yeah, and actually, Earth is, like I said, watch this documentary. But it's mm. it's a really good thing to invest in. Anyhow, yeah, I've taken ages on composting. Yeah, so you've got a composter as well.
1: Yeah, and a water butt. I think that was free from the council. Yeah, we well. got one free. Yep. Uh, I think it's worth highlighting that I think God created the planet in balance, mm-hmm. that we would. How we, you know, we do create some carbon dioxide, that's inevitable, you know... With
2: 16% carbon. Carbon's not all bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's,
1: it's yeah. not that human beings have a carbon footprint. The yeah. problem is that we've systematically reduced creation's on natural offsetting by the destruction of the rainforests, and then we are consuming more mm-hmm. than is reasonable per person. So it's a double combination, mm-hmm. so I think... Tackling reforestation, tackling re ensuring that the planet is green and mm-hmm. that we do look for it is, is part of the thing without feeling hugely, hugely mm-hmm. guilty.
0: Yeah. So we've got the Kiss the Ground, the programme on yep. Netflix slash Vimeo, composting. What else can we begin to think about doing?
2: Um, so just things that you have that are plastic Mm -hmm. Um, thinking of replacements. So, for example, I use a bar shampoo instead of shampoo in in bottles. Um, Little things like that that you can make change. We also buy a lot of stuff in bulk, which not everyone can do, but we buy a lot of stuff in bulk, so actually there's less packaging Mm -hmm. to it. Um, We try and find alternative ways. So, like, our toilet roll doesn't have any plastic packaging Mm -hmm. in it, Um, and there's various companies that do that. Um, It comes wrapped in paper. Um, You don't
1: recycle it. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry?
2: No. No, just the middle bit. Or the wrapper, I guess. <laughs> Not the, the actual no. Although, How old if are you, you want to be Sorry, really I radical. I apologise, <laughs> folks, I apologise. My parents have a composting toilet for so that. that um, they have a lot of vegetables and stuff mm. that grow very well, <laughs> but we won't go into that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who, which of them clears that out? My dad. Oh, Definitely empties the bucket. I'm pretty sure my oh. mum doesn't. Uh-huh, yeah, We
0: love Mike. <laughs> So, you have toilet roll that uh, doesn't have any plastic packaging? So, just looking
2: at items around your house, that's mm. one thing. Um, reducing, um, like you looked at waste, so trying to buy the right amount of food and using the right amount of food. Um, and I guess, like with kids, sometimes you just, I don't, maybe I'm not a very strict parent, but there are bits of food that we throw away. But again, copper, composting helps mm. with that. Do you think um, on the whole
0: food thing? There's a, there's a line of thought about carbon dioxide and uh, eating meat. Yes. And the methane and the carbon and everything else that, that uh, particularly cows produce, that actually just by not having meat once or twice a week would help the environment. Is that true?
2: Yes. Um, if you think about um, the amount of air, area of ground that you'd need to grow the grain to feed the cows, and if you were to... Eat the vegetable equivalent, be a lot less than what the cows eaten. That. so yes, on that count. And we do try and reduce. So we try and not eat meat during the week, and we eat it at the weekend. So we aren't vegetarian. Do you like but feast on it at the weekend when you get? We to try eat meat. not to, although occasionally that oh, does happen, which isn't and meat. is a bit counterproductive. Um, does fish count? Can you eat fish? So we do eat fish. It, it's a bit difficult with the kids. We're not so strict with the kids because I'm not quite. I'm. Not, I don't know enough to mm. sort their diet. I don't want to harm their growth mm. or whatever. Um, but actually, we need a lot less meat than we think we mm-hmm. need, um, protein-wise, um, or a lot less protein, um, whichever way you look at it. Mm-hmm. But actually, watch kiss the ground because a lot, a much bigger issue is where that, how that meat is, where those cows are. If yep. you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. So actually, there's a lot of um, there's a strong argument behind cows are reared amongst other crops and other th- and mixed. So so, the gra- so they're not kept on, you know, massive, bare areas of just loads of cows that are grains brought in and given. They actually eat off the grass on the ground and they're rotated round, and it's done very sustainably. Um, and actually that's actually productive because of the grass that grows and the carbon that gets trapped by that grass and it goes down into the earth. But you have to watch... The- it's an interesting documentary.
0: <laughs> what about as well the transportation of meats and other produce, do you try and buy locally to cut out all of that? Yes, when
2: I'm going around the supermarket, I do look at fruits and there's certain things. So fruits, for example, I'll look at the crate and try and figure out where it is and I'll choose something that was, say, grown... I'll I'll try and get British if Mm -hmm. I can. Um, I have, like, a cut-off, and this is fairly random, so don't (laughs) use this, but I have a cut-off at Morocco. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's Northern (laughs) Africa partly it's a selfish thing because you can get a lot more if you go to there (laughs) whereas if you just stick with British Um, but we are very fortunate we do have farms around where you can get eggs Mm. Um, our milk's from quite local um, Mm. from the Cotswolds I think Um, so there is a lot we can buy from around here if you do your research, it can be slightly more expensive but like we found if we don't eat meat during the week we can afford to buy better meat at the weekend that is, you know, organic, grass fed, that kind of thing. Or Mm -hmm. or you know, from the butchers maybe. Um so it it is a bit you do have to sacrifice a bit or organise yourself a bit. Um but there are ways of making changes and I do think what you eat is quite a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um another thing is the power in your house. So where who What kind of tariff are you on? Where does that energy... So it's basically where demand comes from. So we all get our energy, I think, from the same power... Grid. Grid. But it's to do with demand again. So the, um, the the amount of people demanding, say, green energy will mean that they'll up the amount that's going into the grid. Basically, it's to do with demand, again. So if there's more people demanding that, they'll have to start increasing what they put into that. And again, it influences government, influences all sorts. And with government, just to add in, because I thought about this, there's a big um, conference-type thing, I'm not sure what you call it, called COP21. It's happening in Glasgow, I think, uh, in November... Um, which is governments from around the world I think the last one was in paris i can 't remember, but there 's the potential for really significant worldwide agreements to be made, mm. so prayer for that campaigning for that, um, that you know if especially if they can have conversations that convince say America and mm. China and big players mm. to join in there it could make a really significant change that 's really significant gathering of world leaders that's happening.
0: It's interesting. In the YouGov poll, they asked who would you trust more to sort out climate change in the world? Um, Mr Biden or our dear Prime Minister, Mr Johnson? In the UK, we voted more for Mr Biden than Mr mm. Johnson. Which is hilarious because we don't really know anything about his stance on anything. He said a few little things but I just thought that's absolutely hilarious.
1: I mean A couple of other... My couple of things on food, because I think food is really important. I think we may have said this, but just to emphasise it, you colossally help by eating everything that you buy. Mm. And the amount of food that is thrown away because people buy more than they need, stick it at the back of the fridge, forget about it, that is a huge issue. And it it probably offsets more than the, the cows and the whatever. It's just Just you don't need to buy as much. If you buy less, they produce less. If we produce less, we get back to a more reasonable Mm -hmm. thing. So one of the problems is that human beings are consuming more than they need. We're Mm -hmm. not actually consuming it. We're buying it and throwing it away. So that wouldn't matter to me if we consumed it, but we're buying it and not using it. So I think Mm -hmm. a huge thing which I really feel strongly about is don't waste food. Do not waste food. That's that. But the other, listen, my little tip, which I've discovered recently, is because I did the shopping, in our household, uh, and I I uh, use the gun, so I self thingy
2: think <laughs> So you get
1: a, you get a, so the big the big you supermarket you 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 go around and you you scan shooting, the barcode shooting yourself. Shooting
2: rabbits in Sutton Park. No, I understand you know I was a bit shocked for a second. I thought you were going hunting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you go yeah, and, you, yes. Yeah, so scan I and go, so yeah. I
1: would always look for British stuff if I can, but the vegetables I will put the vegetables on the uh, scales the thing comes out, little ticket comes out, I scan the ticket and then I just put the vegetables in my bag and I don't use any of their plastic bags to put them in and I just stack all the uh, stickers on the top of my shopping bag.
0: Great.
2: And that is actually something yet. to do with public opinion and demand though because for a while, uh, you know how a lot of the stuff you buy is already packaged mm. in plastic? Yeah. There's a lot more availability of stuff out of that because mm. yeah. people clamoured for it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. Um,
0: I've got a question here from Joy Taylor. You'll be pleased to know it's not about pets going to heaven, Uh, but she says this. Have any of you seen Sea Spiracy and Cow Spiracy on Netflix? They talk about the detrimental effects on the climate by eating meat and dairy, not to mention the hideous treatment of cows, pigs, and chickens. What are your thoughts on this? We've talked a little bit with your Kiss the Ground uh, about that. But in caring for the world, I suppose, this is another angle that some people would come in on. Is it right to eat meat? Is it right the way that some um, animals are kept? Is it right the way some animals are killed? I know we're going slightly left field. Either of you want to speak into
2: that? I think unnecessary cruel treatment of animals. So, I'm not against eating meat. Sorry, Joy. I think she's vegetarian. Yep. <laughs> um, but I think unnecessarily cruel treatment because we want a slightly lower price, mm-hmm. because we want animals kept in bulk that make it really cheap and easy, I don't think that's all right. Because I think, again, it's about caring for the earth. Why Why do that? You know, I'd, for me, that's not... Okay, so Uh I don't, and I also think it's proven that that's not healthy anyhow. Uh You know, hens that are kept one on top of the Uh other, pooing on each other and getting all kinds of illnesses and then having to be filled full of antibiotics and stuff, it's just not healthy Uh for us anyhow, if you were just thinking about us. But I also think unnecessarily being cruel to an animal also isn't, but I don't have a problem with killing an animal to eat Uh it.
0: I mean, you go and shoot rabbits, so you're all right with that. <laughs> no, you know. no, I've never shot anything.
1: I would not. What I did would say is that we, for a number of years, went on holiday to uh, folks who ran a, dare, uh, ran, ran, ran a farm and had cattle and sheep in Devon, and they also had a holiday home. And the care that they and love for those animals was was great. Okay, mm-hmm. those animals were ultimately killed for meat, mm. but they didn't have unhappy lives mm. until that point. That's not to say that's not true of everything. And I, I think I, I would agree 100% with, with Deb. I, I think I can understand as a Christian to take the stance to be vegetarian or vegan is absolutely mm. fine, mm. And, and but I don't, I don't think it's necessary as a Christian, but I can understand why folks do, and I think we should do all we can to ensure that animals are treated fairly. And the point really I'm making about this farm is, that they manage that. Mm. You can do that, you can look after animals well, and they don't need to be stacked on top of each other and and harmed, and I think we should avoid, where we know that's going on, we should boycott those things.
0: The better you look after them, the sadder I would be to see the end of them. Like if you give them names and you go and talk to them, I wouldn't be able to. It's interesting, Mm. I was gonna
2: say, on the food thing that Donald was talking about, another thing which I think, particularly if you have kids, that I think is a really valuable thing is to um, to help them appreciate food and where it comes from. Actually, if you're able to plant, you know, even if it's a few carrots or potatoes, whatever it might be, to plant that and they see the process of it growing, mm-hmm. they can harvest it, they then eat it, and just the appreciation that that brings. Helps them to value what goes into because it's so easy nowadays for kids to think that milk comes from plastic bottles or glass bottles in our case um, that fruits come from the shelf on Sainsbury's or Aldi or wherever yeah. um, and actually seeing that helps them to appreciate it. You're, I think, I personally think you're then less likely to waste it because you see the work mm. that goes into it, even though you know. It, with my garden, I'm not going to be able to feed our family, uh. but doing a little bit like that. And I think when you come to the thing about animals, the better you treat them, um, the less likely. I actually grew up in a place where people kept animals and they might have had, you know, a few goats, a um, few chickens. Not not huge. Some people had a lot, but a lot of them didn't have loads. And they looked after them fairly well. It wasn't like as well as they looked after themselves sort of thing. Um, but there was, it's interesting that there wasn't this thing of pitying killing an animal because actually they saw it, it was like with their crops and with everything. It was part of their food and it was just a natural cycle. Mm-hmm. And so I actually think being close. And if you go to farmer's kids, mm-hmm. they don't have that as much. And they'll have, you know, they're really close. You know, they'd have dogs mm-hmm. and they'd have all that kind of thing. And I actually, I'm not sure that being closer to the system necessarily has the same mm-hmm. outworking, but it does help you appreciate it and understand it and see the inter... It's very easy for us to feel removed and think, I'm not linked in with the natural world at all. I've got what... what I don't have any dependency on them. It, you know, I just go to Aldi and pick it up off, off the shelf. Mm-hmm. But actually to teach ourselves, but also our kids that, is a really valuable thing just for them to understand that link and that closeness that we've because of cities we've Mm. created a distance Mm. i mean joy's come
0: back and has um talked about how you're bang on where meat is concerned and and caring for the animal and treating them fairly and a lot of why she became a vegan was some of the other practices and she's listed if you hear that i some people might be eating their supper, so I won't read those out, but I can, if people are interested, forward them onto them later. And, um, you know, the things that she talks about are horrific, and we wouldn't wish any animal to go through that. And we recognise there has been a history of that in different places, and it's not right. So we're not advocating that at all. We're advocating that animals actually are treated fairly and with kindness, uh, and we respect them as part of God's creation, and they're not just a piece of meat that we can kick about and do whatever so we understand why why Joy has uh, made this decision to become a vegan but she completely yeah, yeah, takes totally. what you're saying and I, and I
2: think a big part of that again coming back to that we think the earth is ours to exploit and selfishness and so you get mass often when that happens it's massive organisation you know it's not a family farm an agribusiness mm-hmm. where they ex- you know they chuck on more and more pesticides and mm. all sorts and basically ruin yeah the, the earth, the animals the yeah. and it's, it's it's where it's on a massive scale mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that does have a reputation for really mm-hmm. not being sustainable and ruining things and not treating animals or land mm-hmm. kindly mm-hmm. Um,
0: Dave Coles uh, has sent a link in to say that we have 52.8 years of natural gas reserves left, that we still have gas and coal left by this uh, we still have gas and oil left by the time oil runs out in 2052 David says oil will run out in 2060 and coal in 2090 so basically what he is saying is that we're getting towards the end of our reserves of these things so the way that we uh, look at fuel the way that we look at fueling businesses in our homes is really important I switched my uh, tariff, gas and electricity tariff to one that was more expensive because it was um, better for the environment. And it's not greatly more expensive, but I'm fortunate that I live in a privileged position that I can be able to do that, that I wanted to make a choice, that I wanted to go for this company because having researched it, I knew that they would use the most um, eco-whatever to provide my energy. And I think there's other things that I've done in my house, but they've all been a little bit more expensive. So it's okay when we begin to think about making changes. We can buy food that maybe is a bit more expensive or whatever because it's been treated kinder or whatever. This is very middle class. This is very much for those that have money. What about those that are slightly less wealthy? This is far harder for them to achieve how would we speak into that and into their lives
1: i mean i, th- I think i start off by i think that's absolutely true but i'd also think that as middle class we consume more than the poor
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> therefore we're, we're causing more of the problem we are more likely to fly on an airplane we are more likely to drive pointlessly we are more likely to waste food in our fridge therefore uh i'm not too broken-hearted for us as middle class that, w- that that more of the burden falls on us because we, you know, if, if America's the biggest pl- uh, nation, it's called cool, it's also the wealthiest. Yep. It's not it's not rocket science they too. We are more able to make a difference because we cause more of the problem. That's my kind of take on it.
2: Another thing I think's important to keep in mind, because I totally agree with that, is that often the people that we listen to out in the media and all that kind of thing, and they're really helpful, and they've got really helpful things to say, they're often middle class yeah. as well. And that's right, because you know, we need to be leading the way as the people that are ruining yeah. the most and everything. But I think it's really important also to listen to people who are in other groups who are being affected by this. So mm-hmm. a big point that people are putting out um, its a thing called intersectional environmentalism or something, and it's basically how it affects all kinds of other areas. So just because you're campaigning for environmentalism doesn't mean that you forget about um, gender inequality or racial discrimination, because they all are really interlinked. Mm-hmm. And one of the really important things to do is to listen to the people who are affected the most. And the people worldwide who are affected the most are people who are um, a different color from me, a different Uh class from me, a different um, income Uh from me, um, a different nationality from me. Um, And so it's really important to find people... Um, and it takes a bit of work and research. Yeah. And fi- because there are people, there's, there's all kinds of activists and leaders in these areas that come from nations that have been really affected by some of these problems. Yeah. And to listen to them and see what they're saying and what they're asking for um, as well. Because I think the middle class English people have got a lot of good things to say. Yeah. And they've got a lot of really helpful things to say. But just yeah. to make sure that... Yeah we are listening to the people who are most affected by it.
0: Do you think it's um, our children and our young people today are better educated in this than Mm. generations above them? Do you think it's something that is just interwoven naturally into their thinking, uh, into school, that whole side of things?
2: It's definitely in their minds. So my kids, it just comes out in unexpected... There's a video of kids doing things on Sunday, and there are 10.30 live stream, and Zion says something that makes it sound like he's got a militant eco-mother, which I'm not, and I don't... He understands the shortcomings of what he's said, but immediately his thought went to environmental issues, um, and they have, like, the eco-ambassador or something in their classes, even Mm -hmm. in primary school. It's just built in at every... Which Uh. didn't happen when I was Uh. a kid, so it's definitely in their thinking, and, like, they enjoy watching things with... David Attenborough and stuff, but even the little kiddie programs that they are thinking like, um, they watch one, um, Go Jetters and Octonauts, and it has environmental stuff all woven into their little um, Mm. cartoons and stuff. So I think it, yeah, it's definitely more in there.
0: Whereas Line of Duty doesn't have anything about the environment in it, does it? It's a bit of a shame. Do you watch Line of Duty? No. Neither of you watch it, it's too scary for you both.
1: Your kids presumably don't watch it either. <laughs> no, no,
0: definitely not. Who is H? Sam does, I think. Yeah, Sam does watch it. Donald, what would you say into that? I mean, the younger generations are probably far more up on this. You look at Greta, what's her, what's her name, Greta Thunberg?
1: I think kid, I think for a long time, children have been. I mean, I've been going to doing schools work for many years. It was slightly different, but 20 years ago, was big in schools about picking up litter, about Mm -hmm. not wasting things. I think we've always taught children stuff that as adults we weren't prepared to do ourselves.
0: Mm.
1: And I think we've now got enough people who've come through saying, well, why why do you teach us that as a kid and then ignore it when you get older? So I I think schools for a long time, in my view, have taught care for the environment, rightly so. And it's now right that we all listen to that.
0: So we're a bit of a tipping point, aren't we, as a country, that more people are pushing towards that than are ignoring it? Yeah. Which is really exciting, and it's it's where we should have been probably 10 years ago, but we are making progress. Yeah. Yeah. Interestingly, you talked about uh, flying and things like that and your carbon footprint and everything else. Should we be flying? Should we be doing things like that? Should we be offsetting it if I go in an airplane? Should I offset it with something... Where do we stand on things like that? Because I quite like going to different places and, you know, well, jumping I'd, on a plane.
1: If I think that, that God, we, we are going to have a carbon put footprint mm-hmm. and God created a planet that, that would offset it. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we can get rid of every element. I think we need to make sure that what we're doing is necessary. Mm-hmm. But, Deb, you know a lot more about offsetting.
2: Yeah, so I've um, signed up to a thing, Uh, it's a little app called Climber App with a K, Mm -hmm. Um, and it just very roughly, um, you answer a few questions, and it very roughly estimates your carbon footprint, and and it's interesting because it puts you as to whether you're above, below, average in the UK. Have you done it? Yeah, yeah. Where have you come out at, Deb? Slightly under, oh. um, because I don't have a car. Okay. But I do tend to fly once a year on mm. a short haul. Um, in the past, I would have been higher up because I did long haul to Brazil to visit my parents. Yes. Um, and it, so it estimates that, and then it, it is an offsetting organisation. So I think you have to look into how they spend their money and, and look at it, and I feel like this company is good, but you've got to make your own decisions Um, Other ones are available. Yeah, other ones are available, (laughs) basically. Um, And so then they give you an amount that will then offset. So if I I pay per month, it's not like, you know, under £10. You pay an amount per month, um, and you can choose what kind of projects that that will go to. So reforestation, and there's one that's like um, cook stoves that are good... I don't know, environmentally friendly. There's another one, something else. Um, I think it's solar panels or something. Um, and you choose which kind of things you want your money to go to. And it's just a really easy way of doing that. So, so I think personally, ideally, we wouldn't have to offset because we'd live in a way that don't need to. But the way that our society is set up, it's, it's almost impossible. I mean, I, I, yeah, well, I'm not going to say impossible. Almost impossible. Um, so I think that's an easy, helpful way. Another good app is um, WWF, have one called My Footprint, and it gives, it's got loads of different things that you can do on there. So you can calculate your footprint, I think, more accurately, probably, on that one. Um, I haven't looked hugely into it, but it gives you loads of tips, loads of practical ideas of how you can reduce it, how you can do things that are helpful, what kind of things you can invest in, um, all those kinds of things. So there are two apps, Climber App and My Footprint, um, that are really helpful, worth having a look at. Um, on the flying thing, like I said, I used to fly three times a year. When I was at boarding school in England, I used to fly three times a year from England to Brazil. Um, so I had a huge um, carbon, or have a huge carbon footprint. And I think it come, for me, it's you, you look at your faith and the things that are important. So, you know, Jesus said, love God and love your neighbor. And I think that caring for the planet means that I have to do that because I'm loving my neighbor and I'm loving God who created uh-huh. it. So I think that that is huge in there. But it also, my parents were in Brazil uh-huh. and this it, it You know, there's various reasons, and I think for each person, you have to come up with your reasons. For us now, um, my parents are in Portugal. I think it's really important, the relationship between my kids and my parents, and also for them to see different ways of doing life, and that is a privilege. Uh, Not everyone has access to doing that. Um, but to go places and for your kids to understand there are different ways of living and doing things and for us to understand that there's different mm-hmm. ways, I think it's a really valuable thing um, in, in raising awareness. But also, I, d- I don't think that you can... Um, I just think it's really important to be creative mm. in how we look at doing things. So we were looking at um, interrailing mm. to Portugal and then COVID hit. Mm. Um, but looking at ways of combining the two things. So we want to see my parents, we want to show them different ways of doing mm. things, but actually there are ways, and not everyone can do that. And mm. But also sometimes going in England. England's mm. great. Everyone's going on holiday in England now. Mm. Um, but actually that, you know, there are... So I think it has to be a decision for everyone. I wouldn't condemn yeah. someone that takes an aeroplane journey or that drive I don't have a car but I live right here Mm. I think flight is a
1: wonderful god-given invention that enables has made so many positive things Mm. to me the bigger issue is our destruction of the rainforests, Mm. and so that's why I think offsetting but I would go controversially I'd be a little go a little further I think one of the dangers of offsetting is you think I've done my bit Mm. because I've offset mine I think it's a good idea to look at how the, there are projects that are reforesting the, UK, the world and double your footprint, three yeah. times your footprint, in other words, make up for some of the other idiots that are making a mess of our planet. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: uh, uh. So that,
1: that, that the, the danger of offsetting is you think, I've done my bit, uh. and I think we need, in order for to us to allow us to continue, I like driving. I find it pleasurable Mm. to allow us to be able to do those things. We need to go beyond just my footprint.
2: Mm. It's also got to be in conjunction with trying to change your lifestyle. Absolutely, minimize. Not saying, oh, I'm going to offset it so I can do whatever the the heck I like. Yeah, I'll fly five times a year and do whatever the heck. (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, a
1: a little thing that, 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 that my boys put me onto is I don't know whether it's any good or not. But I'm sure other ones are available. Uh, there is a search engine called Ecosia, yeah. which we use, That's and great. I use uh, that on my phone. And okay, on my so uh, basically they get they plant trees with the advertising. Uh, so it's a really good idea every now and then just to click on an advert. Mm. You know you're not going to ever buy that thing, but it makes that company pay for a tree.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Ecosia. Says, Ecosia. Yeah. I don't know how you say it, but that helps them to spell it. If they're looking for it, it's a search yeah. engine. If you use that instead of Google, even if you just use it to go to Google. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. They still get money, they still yeah. plant trees. Yeah. I wonder, though, how many rogue companies are out there that are saying, we'll help you offset your footprint and take a load of money.
2: Yeah, I think, I think that's why you have to look into them. I might go into that. That's quite a lucrative business, <laughs> isn't it?
0: <laughs> anyway, before I get sacked, we're coming into land... Anything else that you want to just uh, say on this whole subject? Something that's burning in your mind that you haven't yet shared
2: with us? Just while we're pointing people towards things, Mm -hmm. Arosha is a Christian charity is it a charity i don't know a christian organization a um, that are into all these kind of things they've got really good teaching some of their leaders have written really helpful books so there's a guy called dave bookless that wrote a book called planet wise which is really good on all of this really insightful book not difficult to read um but even just sign up for their emails arusha because they have really good tips in their mm. emails but they do really good projects all over the uk but all over the world as well
0: i find receiving emails really helpful Mm. Because from time to time I get just sidetracked into my own world and my own way of doing things, then you get like, oh yeah, mm. okay, I could do that. I, and I, even I if you that. don't read them every time, yeah, sometimes you, just need you do. A prompt, yeah, mm. and I find that really helpful. So
2: it's a Rocha. How do you spell a Rocha? A, and then space R O C H A. Well done, Deb. Could you have spelled that?
1: I didn't know how to space. I thought it was one word. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's two different things. It's a
0: Portuguese Portuguese word.
2: It was founded yeah, yeah. in Portugal. The
1: language between
0: yeah. us all. Anything you'd say, Donald? I just
1: reuse, reuse, reuse.
0: Uh, I mean, your wardrobe is reused, isn't it? The
1: fashion industry is a huge polluter. It's a huge problem. Charity shops are great. Yeah. Yeah. Charity shops. uh, You don't care about fashion any longer.
0: (laughs) Did you ever care about fashion? (laughs) No. So reuse, reuse, reuse. I mean, you try
1: and try and look. You know, you try and look reasonable. Although a number of people have been telling me that I I look
2: homeless. (laughs) That's That's mainly when
1: When you're out walking your dog. Apparently when I'm wearing my coat with my rucksack, with a a hat on. Well,
2: people don't recognise him. That's why he does it.
0: Mm. He talks about going shopping, and you put your headphones in, don't you, when you're going shopping, so you don't have to talk to anybody. It's
1: not because I don't want to talk to him, because I enjoy listening to podcasts.
0: No, we know, we know.
1: (laughs) But, no, see, I really think, you know, if you can use wood again, if you could use... Uh, clothes again yeah. if you can shop from a charity shop. Yeah. It's really big. You can walk a little and bit. And there more. are so many
2: options around Sutton. now. Mm. I mean wood, there's the wood shack on Ryland Road. Mm. Well actually I think you have to go around again, but it does have an entrance there. Um mm. you know wood that's been upcycled the Jericho mm. project.
0: Deborah has muted herself apologies to the podcast and to everybody. Is she back on? Sorry, Is the battery
2: gone? Is the light meant to be on or off? Now oh, I'm there, I'm on. We go. there we go.
0: We're back on, back in the room. Um,
2: talking about the wood just shack. Just saying, there's the wood shack here in Sutton. If you need wood, they'll, they'll measure it up, they'll cut it for you, and it's so much cheaper, but it's reused, yeah. um, recycled. Charity shops are yeah. great. Use creativity in there.
1: Reusers, Jericho Project. Yeah, yeah they're brilliant. brilliant.
2: Brilliant, brilliant.
1: Or skip fishing, which I don't do, but I know others in the church do. <laughs>
2: Skip fishing.
1: So you just see a skip outside somebody's house and you take from it what you what you think you can use. My
2: brother found an incredible. No, no, no. So you can it, ask them.
1: You can ask them, but but um, if it's in the skip, it's it's rubbish.
2: But also, my, there was a, a stainless steel. Is that what it's called? Uh, one of these really heavy pans on someone's oh, drive. So my, my brother life. rang the doorbell and asked, and they said, yeah, yeah, no, we don't want it. It. We looked it up. It's worth like a hundred and something quid new. Anyhow, we're using it, though. <laughs>
1: there's, there's a neighbour of Richard's uh, who's filming who regularly puts things out on the f- pavement outside, says, mm? please have Yeah. B- That's different to furniture. stealing <laughs> out of a
0: skip. It's not stealing out of a skip.
2: He did say he doesn't do it. It
0: annoys me if I've got a skip out and people come rummaging. Why? You can put more in right it. Property. It's being recycled. What's been... Chuck- we- oh.
1: <laughs> put a sign on it, say, help yourself.
2: OK. <laughs> Are you protective over your rubbish? Yeah, I don't want someone (laughs) going through me rubbish.
1: (laughs) Well, don't put anything in there that you don't want people to rummage through.
2: (laughs) My life.
0: What's wrong with you? I knew she was bad, but you've just taken it to another level. Final question. As a Christian, do you think that there should ever be a point when we look at our lives and we repent for not having cared for God's world and just recommit ourselves
2: Yep. Is that a yes? Yep. <laughs> I did a uh, devotional on Earth Day, and that has a prayer in it, mm. precisely for that, and I talk about the importance mm. of that. The fact is, we have messed up, all mm. of us. I don't think there's anyone that can say that. I mm. know there isn't anyone that can say that they haven't.
0: And I know we talked about this
2: not being an exclusively
0: Christian thing, but actually, for those of us that struggle to keep it in as the priority and to have the heart of God in it, there is the need to pray and to say, Holy Spirit, transform me, transform the way that I see the world, transform my attitude to what I can do. May I see it differently. Mm. May you challenge me. May you spur me on. Because I think we do get lost in ourselves and our lives at times, mm. and we need that extra power and, and input um, from God.
1: And I think, not even if the planet was fine... God is very clear about greed. Yep. How it damages us as human beings and how it damages our community. The fact that we're messing up the planet by being greedy mm. is a double whammy, but even yeah. if we weren't, we need to repent of our greed, that yeah. we consume or buy more than we need and that there are people around the world who don't have enough. Mm. It's it's unacceptable.
0: Mm. Joy Taylor has come on, come to your defence. We love Joy. Good evening, Joy. Joy Taylor. I have a fire surround that I took off someone's drive, and all my bookshelves are out of a skip.
1: There you go. <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> there you know, those? Tra- don't laugh. It's real. I know It's a good way it. of recycling. It's a real thing. Taylor. It's good. I can Ooh. just see her at night going out. Her and Amber. Ooh. What can we nick tonight? Love it. <laughs> on that bombshell. Can we think, thank everybody for joining us this evening? We could talk about this for hours. There's so much more. Uh, Deb's mentioned loads of great resources. This will be back online on uh, Saturday. So you can uh, check that out. Or email deb, deb, at scbc.org.uk if you want to talk any more about some of the things that she has talked about.